2: Doug hates candy wrappers, screening babies, sticky seats, with 50 ads and popcorn kernels in his teeth. There's still not one that he won't see, cause Doug loves
3: movies. Hey, hey, hey everybody, my name is Doug and I love Wayne. This is Doug Lowe's Movies coming to you from the United States of waiting to get a vaccine with another Homes Alone edition. It's Thursday, December 10th, 2020. And I'm so excited about today's guests because they are the creator and two of the stars of one of my all time favorite TV shows that I just discovered. Thanks to Prime Video. Uh, Sean Simmons, Stephen Kieran, and Mike O'Valley from uh, Wayne. Hello, guys. What's going on, man? Oh, you know. (laughs) Uh, I'm so (laughs) excited to have you all here. Let's meet you individually and alphabetically, starting with the man who plays Sergeant Stephen Geller on Wayne. It's Stephen Kieran. Hey, dude.
2: Hey, dude. Nice to meet you. Thanks for nice having to us. meet
3: you. Thank you for being here. Um, mm-hmm. People love you and your character on this show, and but a, a lot of the chatter is about, like, where has this guy been? He's <laughs> so amazing. And they, what the people don't realize is that they've been hearing you for all, all the time because your voice is – you've done so much voiceover stuff. With like, like, you're a, a voice in – I've never played The Sims, but you're in The Sims?
2: Yeah, yeah. I helped uh, create that language they speak, Simlish. So I was brought in to help develop that. And I had no idea at the time that it would turn into what The Sims has become. I, I don't think anyone did. So, yeah, that was sort of where I sort of launched the, my voice career, you could say. And yeah, that was really wild because it all was improvised and uh, gibberish, So (laughs) a nonsensical language kind of put me on, on the radar, I guess.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Like people think your voice sounds familiar, but they probably have a hard time placing it.
2: Yeah. That's, that's totally true. Yeah.
3: And then you're in all of the, uh, all of the, the the complete Kung Fu Panda trilogy.
2: Yes, that's right. In one form or another. Everybody
3: with kids has heard you plenty. And, um,
2: Yeah, I've never seen it.
3: Apologies for never seeing it. But you were uh, also Principal Mitchell on Kirby Buckets.
2: Yes, that's where I met Sean. And um, yes, I played the evil, (laughs) the evil Principal Mitchell um, for three seasons on on Disney. And and again, that's where I, I met Sean. And he cryptically said to me, I'll see you again. When he walked away <laughs> oh. from craft, craft services one day, and I, I thought that's just what we say you know in in this town, but uh, he was yeah I'm, thank God he meant it, so here we are
0: yeah he was um he was absolutely the one of the only things that kept me going to work every day writing jokes for Stephen as <laughs> this kind of principal that we thought it was funny he would have com- really long hair and he was like secretly a metal guy, but he talked just like Stephen or, or Sergeant Geller. Um, so I actually wrote the part uh, in Wayne for Stephen specifically.
3: Well, that's, uh, that's awesome that you did because he's, he's immediately uh, so, uh, I'm talking about you like you're not here, Stephen, but immediately so uh, entertaining a character, which, you know, and you don't even know when you first see him that he's, that how much he's going to be around on the show. That's one thing I love about the show is even the characters who just wander in for like one scene are all so well-written and uh, performed. It's all, it all feels very lived in, uh, unlike just, you know, guest actors showing up and, uh, you know, s- spouting a few lines and, and moving on, you know?
0: Yeah, um, that's, it's always, you know, kind of a a thing I think about, like even if you think about, there's a scene where, you know, a waitress works at a bus station and she, you know, her coworker says something about someone who's on break and they're doing their meditating and they're not done. And to me, that's the small story about a character you don't even see. So I think i try to do that with everyone, you know, like have some sort of humanity to them that tells you a little story about them, even if they're not even there.
3: I just finally watched, you know, cause I, once I started loving the show, I started slowing down the pace at which I watched the episodes because uh, I really didn't want it to end. And so, but I knew I was doing this today. So I finally pulled the trigger on watching uh, the 10th episode of, of season one. And, uh, there's even a character introduced in that episode. It's like the, it's the show is, you know, coming to the end of a season and you still introduce a, 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 very, a few uh, interesting characters, uh, you, you know, even in that last one. So it really uh, continues to feel like all, all the other episodes. And I might as well just jump right to it, Sean. Um, what's going on with uh, a potential season two?
0: Well, I, you know, these, these services, at least, you know, there's a few of them out there that don't really share metrics. Um, But the little talks that we're hearing about behind the scenes between the studio and the uh, network are positive. Um, It feels like, you know, it's breaking through, um, you know, and that's especially exciting considering that, we just kind of threw up a trailer and we had a couple teasers and that's all a lot of these places do anymore, you know, and then they throw the show on and kind of go, we'll see. Um, so it it does feel like it's, it's breaking through in a way that, you know, I don't know what our chances are, but it seems like uh, there's positive talks going back and forth. People asking about, you know, the right questions about budget and things like that. So don't know yet. Um, I think we'll close we're close to having an answer one way or the other. Um, and that's crazy because this you know this kind of thing going from one network to the other um, and having you know another chance.
3: Yeah, uh, and you ended the the one season that exists ends in a way that like is ve- gets the viewer very pumped up for what is going to happen next you know season two, which is kind of the tradition even though shows end up getting you know canceled after that you know, after that final episode of the first season, so they just sort of, the show's sort of left dangling. So I I think it's very perfect the way it is, but I'm very excited about the idea of of getting more because you definitely left uh,
0: the door wide open. Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, I was writing about how I got word that the network was dying on a phone call about a month before Wayne aired the first time. Um, which was very nice as I was going into an Emerson college screening uh, and getting ready for my first, you know, series that I spent, you know, very long time developing. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, the, the network was kind of canceled out from under us um, and a lot of credit to them. I mean, Dustin Davis and Amanda Barclay and Suzanne Daniels over there, like, you know, they have Cobra Kai, which is something of a mega hit. It seems like over at Netflix um, that was a YouTube show. um they made a bunch of good shit. It just you know they decided they just didn't want to try to do what they were doing, like a lot of these new kind of streamers like Verizon three sixty um and things like that um but yeah, so yeah, they actually had taken that cliffhanger out at one point um and the network had me put it back in, so that that was all the more frustrating. <laughs>
3: I mean, it's a good ending if you don't get to make more because it does kind of, you know, you can kind of imagine a future for the characters, uh, you know, y- yourself and what might happen next. But I I definitely, uh, you know, I'm very much hoping for more. And I assume a character that will be uh, also continuing on his journey with uh, his new dog friends is played by Mike O'Malley. Hey, Mike. Mike?
1: Sorry, You're it's my, my first time on Zoom. It's my first time on Zoom. I didn't know that <laughs> you did. Hey, Doug, thanks for having us on, man. It's, it's, it's great to uh, be on with you and for you to talk to your followers and fans about this show. Um, I love doing it. I'm, I love that this show is having its life on Amazon, and, and I loved working with Stephen and Sean and everybody. I really did.
3: Well, you play principal Tom Cole... On Wayne, and I was so psyched when you showed up because, uh, you know, I go way back with you. Yes. Uh, like, I, you know, I worked at the w- WB Network when you had some shows there. Yes. Uh, as a, I was doing, uh, they hired comedians to write their promos because they had, you know, they had some comedies they wanted to promote. Life and, with uh, Roger.
1: Life with Roger. I think it was 1996.
3: Yeah, Life with Roger and then uh, the Michael Malley show. Yes,
1: that was a mini series on NBC. We had there was a two episode mini series that we did in 99. That was and when And then it was uh, of course,
3: uh yes, dear, where yes. I had the privilege of showing up and uh saying a few lines as a character that probably didn't feel as uh <laughs> lived in as uh, all the people on Wayne. Uh, buckaroo yeah. waiter. <laughs> yeah, I was the Buckaroo waiter and you were uh you I I uh, got to deliver the death blow to you. <laughs> I got to give you the bad news that uh, you thought it was bottomless, um, what was it, French fries? It was yeah. bottomless something day, you yeah. thought, and so French you ordered fries. a lot of something. <laughs>
2: and,
3: and then I had to give you the bad news that, that was, you were there on the wrong day.
1: Yeah, there's no refills on the French fries on that day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and I just also want to do a quick shout out to you playing uh, uh, Nikki Augustine on uh, Justified.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Thank you so much. That was, that was awesome. Um, You know, getting to play a bad guy uh, after doing so much, uh, you know, comedy for such a long part of my career. And then, you know, it's as, as Steven is talking about with his relationship with Sean, and I think it's, it's so important, you know, when I'm talking to younger people to remind them, you know, Sean's talking about going into Emerson College and having a screening and talking about making shows. And, you know, sometimes as actors, we we want to be able to do everything. You know, we're inspired by the great actors and we want to be able to have the full range of things. And then you you get started and you you know, you're making a living, you're doing something, you're doing this job, you're doing that job. And it's so much about relationships. Uh the relationships that you make and how you uh, invest yourself with a work ethic and a great spirit when you're working with people, you don't even realize how those dividends are going to pay off. Uh, you know, obviously they pay off just in the making of the thing. It's a joyful experience. But what brought me to this project was I had worked with a guy named Ian McDonald who had directed on a, uh, an episode of a show that, that I was writing. And when they were shooting this up in Toronto. He called me up and he said, look, I'm directing this show. It's really great. Take a look at it. And I read it and I immediately just, you know, responded so much to Sean's voice. And I was like, yeah, how can I, you know, how can I be a part of it? And it was just a, um, I'm trying to remember, Sean, was it, it was it just a pilot? It was the whole series picked up.
0: The, it was just a pilot. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And you just wanted to do the accent. You know, you had it down. Um... <laughs> I all you want. You know
1: you have it. <laughs> well, I was born in Boston and I grew up in Nashville, New Hampshire. But our our high school, uh, the high the local Nashua high school in New Hampshire, we would play Brockton, the Brockton Boxers, every year, and <laughs> that was like playing the big bad uh, city team from uh, Boston <laughs> on the outskirts of Boston. So, anyways, but I just I loved Sean's writing, and I was like, how can I be a part of this? And and um, that's how I got involved.
0: And then we proceeded to sit at craft services where I forget I'm the boss and do an accent. (laughs) I mean, him only spoke in Boston accents for three, four hours at a time. And I can't imagine how annoying it was to everybody sitting around us.
1: (laughs) You don't realize that you have the accent until you leave. And then people say, oh, you have a Boston accent. And you're like, well, you know, you think you lost it a little bit, but then you say certain words and they catch you.
0: Oh, I can't. There's certain words I still can't say, like, weird. Like, I yeah. still say weird. I yeah. still can't say drawer. Like, it's a struggle I'm, for I'm me saying, to say yeah. drawer. Draw. draw. I say draw. Open the draw.
1: And, yeah. Or you say, uh, go to go to your rum. Go up to your rum. Uh, <laughs> or you say, uh, hey, guys, uh, we're losing the light. We got to hurry.
0: Lareda. <laughs> yeah, but that's, please. That's how I teach people the accent. Sean share, with
1: Sean, share with everybody the most Boston line of all that your mother said on the phone. <laughs>
0: oh, my, I was talking to my mother, and she was complaining that my dad, you know, what, it would, I get it because you get to a certain age and you're making, you have your 10 meals, you know, as, you, that you make, and you've given up otherwise, and you have these combos, and you <laughs> serve them five days in a row, and then the next week you might have five more. It just might be the same. So my mother was complaining, on the phone to me, she goes, uh, Apparently, your, fa- your father doesn't like corn on the cob anymore.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's never been a more perfect collection of words, oh, too.
1: <laughs> it's so fantastic. <laughs> wow. So I uh, guess so that's make- Sean
3: Simmons with the, uh, with the corn on the cob and creator, showrunner. How do you? I always just tell people, especially with this show, I just say, well, it's, it's violent, but that aside, I don't think you need to know anything else going into it uh, because it just, I, I feel like it just hooks you in pretty quickly. But what do you, for the uninitiated, for the people who haven't watched yet, and I'm mad at all of them, <laughs> everybody needs to watch it, but if, you, if you're talking to somebody, I'm sure you did a lot of you know, press for the show, Like, how do you describe it?
0: A thing that always kind of was a hit with the other producers that they wanted me to drop a lot was John Wick meets John Hughes, um, which that kind of rang the bell. But it's about, you know, two kids um, from kind of desperate backgrounds in a town, you know, like I grew up in in Brockton, Massachusetts, who go um, from Brockton to florida uh on a dirt bike to get back the shit hot 79 trans am that was stolen from this kid's dad before he died um and you know it, it's a really i always say that you know we're all working with the same ingredients it's just kind of like how how you're using the measurements and wayne just has a really fucked up you know Usage of measurements, you know, there's a lot more of this and a lot more of that and less of what we usually see. I think that's what makes it kind of weird because it's, you know, it's as if, you know, young, I sometimes I would say um, uh, Richard Linklater does dirty, young, dirty Harry. Um, And that's because it was inspired. It's as much before sunset, weirdly, as it is Death Wish, you know, um, it's as much you know, a story about two kids and a very, you know, innocent, sweet romance as it is influenced by, you know, the chainsaw stuff was Evil Dead. You know, Evil Dead 2, shouting out to that. But um, yeah, I I think the, you know, John Wick, as young John Wick is done by John Hughes, kind of sums it up. But there's a lot of romance. There's a little bit of violence. There's a little bit of action. And, uh, but it's more, I think, absurdest comedy in heart than anything
3: yeah and uh you know just great characters and just interest the dialogue and the situations is always you know surprising and fun all the way up till uh the very last episode and there's also for a you know for a half hour comedy you also don't expect to be delighted by something because it's like a reference to something that happened several episodes before, but then also it's not, um, it's not laid on real thick, you know, it's, it's,
0: it's got subtlety to it. And it's, uh, uh, I, I also hear a lot of, you know, you read a lot of these reviews. It turns out that, you remember Amazon was like all about letting the fans vote on what got picked up. You remember it started that way which was such a strange thing. It would be like people would vote on the shows that get picked up and didn't. Um, and it turns out that is still kind of like a part of it, not a ton, but they still really go online and consider the reviews uh, to pick up, in picking up the show, which is such a strange thing that makes them very specific. But um, somebody on one of those reviews recently wrote, I don't know if this is the... Um, funniest drama or the saddest comedy which i, I loved
3: yeah that does sum it up uh, pretty well and that's what we t- should tell people to do who are listening and like the show is that they should definitely take advantage of the the review function on amazon prime and get in there and, and give it give the show a good review uh, or you know, at least give it uh, you know the multiple uh, the maximum number of stars.
0: My mother reads all of them.
3: Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> yeah, I I think that really matters. That's a hundred percent.
3: Um, I wanted to ask you, Sean, about uh, Mark McKenna, who plays Wayne, because I didn't figure it out until several episodes in that that's the hilarious kid from the movie Sing Street.
0: Yeah, I love I love that movie.
3: I'm a big wow. fan of Sing Street, so like uh, when I finally you know put it together because I looked him up on IMDb. Because as soon as you know, as soon as you look him up on IMDb, there's pictures of him looking like the character from Sing Sing Street, and I had, had not put it together. Uh, he he's incredible, but also um, I think I saw somewhere you saying that the Boston accent uh, was easier for him than than say an American actor
0: yeah it became you know in casting both of the two leads um you know it 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 was tough it was it's weird because most people have a hard time kind of you know that accent's hard number one but you know even people from boston that we got would overdo it and i find myself doing it too you're like trying to just do the accent but you end up completely overdoing it you see boston actors doing that in really big movies like the departed you're like you're from there and now you're just like too big um but yeah you realize you know it's something i didn't realize about bostonians it's such a quick easy thing to figure out but i didn't put two and two together that it was just the accent is just irish and english you know like it's because, you know, that's who set up there. That's how everybody sounded, and it still hasn't drained away. But So getting Irish people or English people, those auditions as far as accents went, were always the best. Always the best. Um, I, I love Sing Street, and I always pictured Wayne as kind of – he was written originally as kind of a big, uh, bigger-than-everybody-else shaved head a uh, little heavy. I think someone called him the fat shit in a certain, you know, script. Um, but as it went on, you know, I, I started, I saw Mark. Um, I loved Sing Street. I said, somebody, somebody had suggested the lead. And I said, what about that kid with the glasses who, you know, really stands out in that movie? The minute he comes on screen, he's such a weird, fun character. And um, so we saw him and I started to figure out that, you know, I was worried about how good looking Mark is at first, because he's a real outcast, obviously. And, and then I started to get my brain around this idea that, and I know some of these kids, uh, people who have alienated themselves because of their behavior, no matter how good looking they are, you know, they've done such, they're so fucked up and done such fucked up shit that everyone stays away from them or they just stay away from everybody. And this kind of, strange, Napoleon dynamite version of Wayne kind of came into focus as Mark did better and better in auditions and eventually met Sierra and you just couldn't deny the chemistry between the two.
3: Did you see anybody for, for Wayne or for Dell who was actually th- that age or, or were you basically gonna, in the position where you needed to cast an, an adult to play younger?
0: Well, he was, I think he was 20 at the time, 19 at the time. And he was playing a 16 year old. Mm -hmm. Um, Sierra, I don't know if you've seen her lately. It's still, she still looks 14, 15 years (laughs) old. She's 22, but she has just one of those faces, um, which is a real relief when you're about to hopefully get season two. Um, but then again, we've all seen Jesse Pinkman in the breaking bad movie. Uh, you know, nobody thought about it, <laughs> like, you know, 20 pounds heavier and, you know, 10 years <laughs> older, um, and, and playing what an hour later from the <laughs> yeah. end of the breaking bad series, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, a, it, one thing was that it becomes really, really, you know, this you're, you're asking the question cause you know, this difficult production wise, when you have a kid that young in the hours thing. So that was definitely uh, a struggle because one of the kids that was up for it, who just based on seeing film of them, he, I thought he was going to be cast, but he was like 16, 17 years old. And the, you know, the line producer was like, you can't fucking cast him. Like he was so angry, but we still saw him. And then Mark, you know, he does, you know, he looks, he definitely looks old at 16, I think in the show, but luckily right now he still looks like, still looks pretty young. So we're okay. But yeah, it was partly production, partly, uh, probably it was just a guy. We, we saw so many people. We saw so many people and it turns out it was a hard, hard thing to play.
3: Um, the reviews on, uh, have you directed your mother to the uh, IMDb? Uh, site and their review section
0: yeah because i've had had two years to obsess over the show it's
3: but the reviews reviews on imdb are every single one that i looked at was just ecstatic and just absolute love with the show and you know in those imdb reviews people just you know they give everything one star and tear it to shit you know so it's really uh it's really impressive how I could just picture a lot of Waynes out there sitting there finding the show and then, uh, you know, finding somewhere on the internet to write about it. Uh, yeah. Inspired by it, you know?
0: Yeah, the reviews on both Amazon and IMDb and, you know, we didn't get many reviews because we're a YouTube show. Um, legit reviews, but we have, you know, a handful on there, Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, they've always been, you know, there's a there's a real... I think there's a part of... Um, I heard a conversation with marketing um, where there was almost a fear like in not picking up the show uh, because they're, it sounded like they're scared of that audience after reading reviews and stuff because they're so passionate <laughs> that they didn't want the blowback or something. like. I'm not, <laughs> so there's certain things they did not do in case they couldn't pick it up because it was, there was, there's a really uh, passionate group of Wayne fans out there that do not hold back in their, you know, writing those reviews, which is really nice.
3: Well, I hope to get a lot more uh, fans for the show just for, you know, my own sake, because I, I, I really want more, but this is Douglas movies, of course. So before we get into the uh, game portion of the show, I just wanted to ask each of you, we'll start with Steven. um, Have you seen any movies lately that uh, you would recommend?
2: Um, I, I'm laughing because I, I haven't seen any um, current movies. But the other night we were trimming the tree, watching uh, To Catch a Thief, and I know <laughs> it may not be the answer you were looking for. Of course, but right, of course, as I did have a glass of tea. But um, I just, <laughs> I just want to say, I would point everyone to watch To Catch a Thief, and um, for those who don't know that movie, it's just. For me, it was just absolutely ridiculous and delightful, especially on the rooftops at the end. So, how's that for an answer?
3: <laughs> the thief is uh, Cary Grant.
2: Yes, Cary Grant, and of course, Grace Kelly is the love interest. And yeah, there's—I I would watch it, <clears throat> excuse me, just for the French character actors alone. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of times it looks like they may have hired villagers to come in and like hit him with a bunch of flowers when he crashed into the flower cart, but they're all just pitch perfect. So, yeah, that's the one that jumps to mind when you ask that question, strangely.
3: I, you know, I, that's what we're looking for is, you know, recommendations for, you know, movies from any time period, because
2: mm-hmm.
3: everybody's got the time now to, uh, you know, to actually go back and look at older things. And, um, that's, uh, was that Hitchcock direct that?
2: Uh, I believe it was Hitchcock. J- just the colors alone of v- Vista vision and Panavision that alone. But, uh, God, it's funny. I've, I'm halting. I don't know if it's Hitchcock. It sure but seems no, like it, it would be.
3: It was like Grace Kelly made, uh, more than yeah. one movie with him.
2: Rear window and, and that. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: All right, I, I like that recommendation. It makes me want to consider going back and looking at it again. I just watched uh, *Charade* for the first time recently, mm. and that movie's hilarious. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, it's hard to buy Kerry <laughs> Grant in his sixties in a romance with uh, Audrey Hepburn, but uh, well, other than that, it's uh, it's very enjoyable. George <laughs> Kennedy has like a, oh. a fake Iron Hand. And he's, he's a bad guy, so there's a long fight scene between Cary <laughs> Grant and George <laughs> Kennedy and his fake hand. That's <laughs> oh. pretty good. Um, Michael O'Malley, what about you? Can you recommend something? Yes. Well, I, I can recommend a, a
1: couple of things that I've seen recently. Um, you know, I have three teenagers, 17, 16, and uh, 13 and a half And they are um, – very interested in uh, anime, and, um, and and so we had re- pretty much watched all of Miyazaki's movies, uh, which we absolutely love and have been telling you know other people about, but I think now they're all available on, I think HBO Max, which if, if people haven't watched those uh, films, they're just spectacular, um, almost every one of them. I think the big American release that he did of a movie that Liam Neeson did a voice to was Ponyo. But I mean, all of them are just spectacular. And then we watched this film, um, which is apparently the, you know, the most highest grossing film in Japan called your name, which, um, again, I, you know, I thought it was just, it was, it was very sentimental. It was, um, it's, it's, you know it's it's a I almost want to say it's a it's a romance but um just just really really liked it in addition to over the uh, the last few months uh my wife and I I had never seen Dr. Strange Glove and uh we just uh absolutely loved it and then um I had watched a couple of um I had watched opening night and the killing of a Chinese bookie from Cassavetes. So if you haven't seen any Cass I, I mean, if, if anyone listening hasn't seen the Cassavetes movies, you should watch them. Dr. Strange glove. Amazing. And I just think if you're into, you know, anime and you don't mind a, a sentimental movie uh, and that, that sounds diminishing to say it that way. It's, it's a very sincere film and I, I thought it was very, it was really romantic and great. Your name.
0: All right. Sean. I'm actually going to give you a current movie from this year. Ooh. Unlike, unlike these guys. I know this is going (laughs) against the current. Hey, hey,
1: hey, dude, your name isn't that old. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It might, it might be about cartoons, but it's not that old.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I loved, loved, loved this movie this year called Baby Teeth. Have you heard of this?
3: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Aussie movie. Um, Eliza Scanlan's in it. Who we've seen her pop up in a lot of stuff. Like she was in Little Women and Sharp Object, Object Objects that HBO show. And she was in yeah, she was in that Devil All the Time movie with Tom Holland. Um, but there's it's just this. You know, it, it might be because it really it's electric and chaotic in the way that maybe I think some people write that Wayne is, and it probably is because of that, but it's about these, uh, a, a girl who kind of falls in love for the first time through um, I don't want to give too much away during a kind of tragic time. Um, and it's about the four people dealing uh, with that tragedy around her falling in love. And Sometimes they, you know, face it with grace. Sometimes most of the time they act absolutely batshit crazy because they're all, you know, it's one of those movies where all the characters seem to be oh, children to some degree, even the, the adults, the people who are supposed to be holding it together the most might be acting the worst, but it's, it's an incredibly, incredibly, it's, it starts out weirdly funny. Like the first 10 scenes of the movie I was getting it, it, as a writer, you get angry when they're so good as you watch each one. You're just like, for some reason, the emotion is I'm pissed off <laughs> that this is so fucking good and that it continues And every, it's the same way I felt about hell or high water, which is in my top 10. Um, every scene, my wife had to sit next to me as I oddly groaned, in the movie theater after every scene, because the scenes are so fucking good. Um, I did it with this movie. It starts out in just this really electric, chaotic way with these really strange characters who are really in these really, really funny scenes. And everything is kind of off feels off balance and a little chaotic and you don't know quite why. And then it slowly builds into this really beautiful story about, you know, love and loss. And uh, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm confident in my masculinity. I know to say I cried for like 10 minutes after it was over. Like it just destroyed me by the end. And, you know, John, do you,
1: do men not have tear ducts? Did they not cry?
0: They don't, they don't cry, man. Come on. <laughs> um, in Boston, we just punch. We just, you know
1: you made me cry so much in wayne that's why i bring
0: this up yeah. <laughs> well that's what i'm sad i'm like sad shit man like that's all that all that noise on top of wayne all the punching and the comedy and the blood and the noise and the people screaming at each other because that's how i grew up everybody's screaming it's just covering all the sad shit that's there you know that's, it's to kind of hide it so i don't feel like such a pussy sentimental and romantic like it really is so sentimental and romantic that but i'm not comfortable because i'm from boston that i have to kind of do you remember when um
3: when uh that uh politician uh john boehner when he was uh crying all the time like they kept showing him crying i'm like i'm starting to feel like you know at the time i thought it was kind of funny but now i'm realizing that uh, as a man of a certain age, uh, there's just a point where you just you start crying about things, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. and it doesn't doesn't have to be things that are that terrible. It's oftentimes it's it's a nice thing you're crying about, but it just starts Life. happening, you know. And I think it's uh, it's it's natural, and it certainly makes a lot of sense with the uh, vice principal in Wayne. Uh, he's he's going through a lot, <laughs> so he
0: gets very there a, there's a melancholy that sweeps over men past the age of 50 that I recognized in my dad when I was, you know, early forties, late thirties. Cause my dad, he didn't say I love you a- until I was maybe in my thirties. He said he would hang up phone calls by saying, uh, keep smiling, keep smiling. And he knew that was his way of saying, I love you. But then like 60 hit and you'd walk into the room and be staring at the Christmas tree. And all of a sudden he'd be like, I'm just thinking about all the Christmases, you know, being with you boys. I was like, what the fuck is happening? This guy, I used to go watch this guy fight in the hockey rink. And he's, now he's falling the fuck apart. And I just, now now I'm climbing into that. I
1: think being six years away from 60, when your father started looking at the Christmas tree and crying as we're about to decorate our Christmas tree at home, I think, (laughs) you know, having kids like you think about yourself, And if I was to think of myself, I don't know, pretty much like from my late thirties to right now, the day-to-day of what my life is, is pretty similar. I have kids, I go to work. um, But then you have these people who are hanging around you who are growing at this, this, you know, fast pace. And they were just small two seconds ago. And now they're, both my sons are taller than me right now. And that just happened like in the last six months. And I just think that when you get to that age, like when you start to be 50 and then you get a little bit older, the passage of time is, is, is happening. at such an accelerated rate. And then you start to see your friends and you're like, wow, that guy got old. And then, you're realizing oh they're looking at me thinking the same thing (laughs) It's it's, it's just terrible it's just because it really just dawns on you oh my god this is just happening so fast how much more do i have to you know and that's why you're so grateful to be on a freaking great show because it's just like oh you're younger you're an actor i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that it's like oh i'm gonna do all these great things and then everything isn't great. All the people that you work with aren't great. And then you meet somebody like Sean and you get something that's really going and you get to act with people like Mark and Sierra and Steven and, and you just want it to go again. And uh, you know, it's, it's, you know,
0: such a great set, such a good group of people, such a great set. It was, you know, I have a, I very, you know, clearly walk into every room and go, there's no assholes here. There's no assholes ever here, you know? And Give everybody, you know, a lot of chances because everybody fucks up. But it's uh, yeah, it was a really great set. I, sure. wanted to,
3: I wanted to mention the um, uh, the lady who plays uh, Dell's mom. Uh, yeah. She, I, 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 you know, I keep saying that the performances are lived in, but she's like a full blown character, like, like immediately, and she's you know, she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but uh, tremendous impact. That whole Dell flashback episode is one of my favorite episodes in the series.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's it. It's kind of a secret weapon episode because it does something with daddy in the begin in the middle that Brett Reese and Paul Wernick are the guys who, uh, wrote the Deadpool movies and, uh, the Zombieland movies, which you talked about on your podcast recently. Um, and Brett always says that that daddy is a secret weapon in the show because you kind of sympathize with him at that point so much that it kind of leaves you even more off balance, balance anywhere before that. Um, so, yeah, we, we love that episode. And Sierra is amazing. And Abigail is a total knockout in that. Um, but yeah, it's, we have this, you have this absurd, weird comedy. And then here comes this kind of, devastating episode in the middle to kind of tell it's kind of Dell's pilot. I always say there's a Wayne pilot and there's a Dell pilot and uh, yeah, Abigail's great in it.
3: All right. Well, we always play a game or two on Douglas movies. So I would love to uh, run you guys through one if you'd like. And um, we can do that right after we do. I-, I can't believe we've gone this far without taking a break. But I'm, I'm loving talking about this show and with you guys, and we'll be right back uh, after some brief messages. No flipping.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
3: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact we're back and I'd like to play a game. Are you guys all right with that? Let's do it. Yeah. I feel like this game that I put together, if I had to pick who I thought was going to do the best at it, I would say possibly Steven because he's Uh-oh. the one that, uh, you know, said that he's recently watched a, a very old movie.
0: Hmm. And uh, He's going to beat me at anything. I'm, at games so this should be fun
3: how do you how do you think you are at movie trivia mike um i'm about to find out (laughs) (laughs) all right well there's no prizes or anything it's just for fun uh it's a new game that i created just for you guys (laughs) and this this special tribute to wayne episode and uh the game is called which wayne is it (laughs) It's a multiple-choice game, so everybody has a chance. Uh, I'll name a movie, and uh, we'll go to you uh, one at a time for the the answers on this. I'll name a movie, and you tell me if it features John Wayne, Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. the original Batman Adam West, (laughs) or Wayne Newton.
0: (laughs) Holy shit.
3: Yeah, John Wayne, Adam West, or (laughs) Wayne Newton. I'll ask Stephen first, and then (laughs) – Stephen first was Flounder in Animal House. And then I'll go to (laughs) – if Stephen misses, then it moves on to Mike, and he gets a shot, and if he misses, then Sean gets the gimme point or the lucky point because, you know, there's only three choices. And we uh, continue on from there, and uh, whoever gets three points first is the winner. Let's
2: go. Stephen.
3: Uh John Wayne. So the you need to answer Wayne West or Newton. Okay. Who was in a film called Geronimo?
2: Uh John Wayne.
3: That is incorrect. Mike. Between Adam West or Wayne Newton, who was in Geronimo?
1: Wayne Newton.
3: Also incorrect, Sean. This
0: is is the only way I win the game, guys. The (laughs) only way it might go your way, just because (laughs)
3: Because that's how it goes. Uh, what's your answer, Sean?
0: Uh, it's got to be
3: Adam West, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Some of my stoner friends (laughs) went on the chat, I can't remember which which ones were said already, so I use to answer. (laughs) All right, so that means that uh, Sean is on the board. He's got one point. Was that the Geronimo, was that the one with Wes Studi in it? I don't think so. That sounds like a real Geronimo movie. This thing that Adam West was in sounds uh, sounds pretty silly. Right. As do most of these movies. I think that uh, Adam West and John Wayne and Bruce... I mean, uh, Wayne Newton, they all have one thing in common, and that's they've all appeared in some really silly sounding movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I got one of those for you now. Uh, Stephen, which one of those dudes was in Robinson Crusoe on Mars? Hmm. Okay. What?
2: Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Um, I'm going to have to guess that it was Adam West.
0: That is correct.
2: Yes. Easy one.
0: I was going to go with Wayne Newton on that to go really hammy.
3: <laughs> well, uh, Mike, you get to go first this, uh, on this next one, so uh, maybe this one will be easy as well. Uh, which one of those dudes was in a movie called Hell River? Hmm. John Wayne. That's incorrect, God, Wayne.
0: come on! <laughs> that's Wayne Newton, name.
1: right? This is no joke, this game. This is a serious
0: game you've created for us. <laughs> the game I watch him do every day in the morning on Twitter is the most difficult trivia game I've ever seen I mean, in my life. This is, no,
1: this is no. This is serious. What a...
0: God, man. <laughs> it's Wayne Newton, right? Um,
3: no. What? Wayne Newton is not in Hell River. How do we have only three
0: choices and we get two of us?
3: Yeah, Stephen. What's the remaining one? Adam West. That's correct.
2: Stephen, you Stephen, you are so good at this game. I know you guys. i starting to feel that. So good at this.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Isn't is uh,
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, Adam West's voice in uh, the mm-hmm. Batman TV show, I- I'd say, is uh, you know equally iconic to that of uh, Stephen Geller in Wave. <laughs>
2: True. True. That's high grade.
3: Come on, Mike. You can do this. I gotta get one point for God's sakes. Which one of those dudes was in a movie called Hell Riders? John Wayne.
2: God
1: damn it. You're you're preemptively upset that you missed? No.
3: Oh, did you (laughs) was it right? You want to change your answer? No, I thought you said no. I uh, think that's, <laughs> that's wrong.
1: Sean. Ah, Jim, it's like you would think that every third movie John Wayne did had hell in it. I know
2: we're a river. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the bo- that was such a Boston response to, to preemptively say you failed before you've even gotten the answer. That's such a Boston attitude thing. As people who always think the ceiling's going to fucking cave in. Um,
1: no, Sean, what the real Boston response is this is a stupid game. I didn't. Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah. uh so it is not john wayne (laughs) um i'm gonna go with wayne newton again i want one of these to be wayne (laughs) is it wayne newton no
3: i mean you know that wayne newton had a fairly limited uh (laughs) career as an actor like he usually either played himself or a guy who acted like wayne newton
0: I can see him with an eye patch and a mustache and being a movie in a movie called, what was it again? Hell on wheels. No, no hell riders.
2: riders. Come
0: on. He's in this. He's not in this.
3: No. <laughs>
1: hey Steven, Steven, yeah. this is a good friend of mine. Yes. Okay. I need you to get this wrong so I can keep playing and not get skunked. Okay. I don't
2: think you ever okay. Present okay. Then- as
3: if you didn't hear what I said,
2: Okay, then my guess, my guess is John Wayne.
3: <laughs> Whoa, Steven, that's incorrect.
2: <laughs> uh, damn it, I thought for sure. Second time <laughs> so, around.
3: So yeah, Adam West <laughs> is in Hell River and Hell Riders.
2: <laughs> oh, I've got your back, Mike. Well, all right, you know, Mike.
1: I, I tip my hat to both of you gentlemen that as you're doing this interview, you're not, you're not sitting on IMDb trying mm-hmm. to get these answers
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we always have to tell
0: the guests to uh
2: you know, not cheap.
0: You know, how not- many times did we just go one two three wrong 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 like i think we always picked the wrong answer almost three yeah, in a row right
3: let's let's keep going we you know steven <laughs> steven blew it on that one he was gonna <laughs> win but he lost he lost his chance uh, so we'll go back to you Mike with honor yeah. (laughs) Mike which one of those guys was in Buckaroo the movie
1: it's got to be Wayne Newton incorrect I'm the worst contestant you've ever had
3: on your podcast no not even close (laughs) Uh, Sean which one of the two remaining do you think it is I'm gonna go with John Wayne. You're going John Wayne? Yeah, even though it's I not mine. I think the two of you just want to hand this thing to Steve. <laughs> How do we keep doing it? Like it's flipping a coin and it's the opposite every time. Well, it was Adam West again, because also a thing I if you've heard other episodes of Douglas movies, I love to play these games where and I just make it the same answer every time and people still don't catch on. <laughs> Because the answer's been West every time so far.
0: I was going to nail that algorithm game. Yeah, and then I and then I switch Switched it up. It up on
3: <laughs> I switch it up when people aren't expecting it.
0: <laughs> I was on IMDb for a week. I was going to nail that algorithm game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – uh, Stephen and Mike don't know. I play a game based on the popularity algorithm on IMDb. And if you know that that game is going to be played, you could actually hmm. you could uh, do a little research and studying, as, as Sean clearly has. And, uh, I, I apologize for that. I did not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it just never ends with the, uh, uh, the, the movies that Adam Wester is in that sound like John Wayne movies. <laughs> Writers of Destiny, Soldier in the Rain. The wow. Outlaws is Coming, which I don't even know what that's about to say. The Outlaws is Coming. <laughs> is crazy
0: really?
3: Yeah. Adam West was also in The Relentless Four. Wow. You know, they added four yeah. more dudes and became hateful eventually.
0: <laughs> I, I, w- I want to go back to this Outlaws. Is, that's really the title. The Outlaws, the
3: title, is yeah. I, I looked at it a few times because I thought <laughs> that can't be right. The Outlaws is coming, so I guess maybe it's something said by a kid in the movie or something like they don't understand.
2: In in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> the Outlaws all- is I'll, coming.
0: <laughs> I immediately just pictured every single person, all the way from development stage to release <laughs> to making the poster, going, "Are you sure if the Outlaws is coming? We really want to go with this." Okay. all the way
1: yeah sean it's a line of dialogue the outlaws is coming a, huh? yeah, yeah. Right? the guy yeah. says it he says it six times i keep I'm telling you, you. the outlaws is coming you don't want to like have you even watched the movie or you just
3: work in marketing
0: all right i'll fucking print it i'm gonna print it guy all right we're printing it
3: <laughs> okay now i want mike to do a uh a buddy hackett impression Oh, <laughs> I don't know, buddy Hackett. Wow, This <laughs> sounds like I don't even know. I
1: don't even know. I, like, I don't even know, buddy Hackett. It just, oh, God. Uh, just give me a line from uh It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, I guess.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, he's always saying, What's the name of. uh He's always saying somebody's name in that movie in a, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, it's God. Really funny whenever he says it, like Erasmus or some, some name <laughs> <like that. laughs> or maybe I'm thinking now I'm thinking of the music man. Um, all right. Well, congratulations to Steven. You really, uh,
2: cleaned the house
3: on this one. You really, uh, I didn't even need to go to, I always write a tiebreaker question. Uh, and I'll see if you guys know the answer to this. Of those, Adam three-
1: West. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, guys. Which one, you. one? set sail on TV's Love Boat the most times? Adam West. It is indeed Adam West.
0: Yeah, <laughs> indeed. It was always Adam was, West. Wasn't and it? he was only
3: on. He was only on it once. Wayne Newton and John <laughs> Wayne never got. Never got on the Love <laughs> Boat. I, that's,
1: <laughs> how Wayne Newton was never on the love boat yeah. is a uh, either a testament to how much money he has and didn't yeah. need that uh, he had oh, yeah.
3: yeah or maybe he had some beef with uh, you know uh, Aaron red, Spelling. red brandy uh, well, <laughs> who's the guy who produced that show uh, a- Aaron
2: uh, Spelling maybe?
3: Yeah. yeah maybe he and Aaron Spelling had beef or something Because, yeah, Wayne Newton seems perfect
0: for the love boat. (laughs) Doug, what movie have you watched recently? Yeah.
3: Um, The one I've been talking up the most that I like a lot is um, it's also on Prime, um, and it is called Uncle Frank. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, written and directed by Alan Ball. And it's a period piece with uh, Paul Bettany as a closeted uh, gay man and uh, having to deal with, uh, you know, whether or not to come out to
0: his family. He's so good in it. He is so unbelievably good in oh, that you have it. seen it? I have seen it. I, uh, I think I saw it, watched it the night it came out. I was all on board from that trailer the moment I saw the trailer. I was like, that's, that's sad enough for me.
3: <laughs> yeah, and a uh, uh, terrific cast of some of the best uh, character actors out there, like Stephen Root and uh, Margot Martindale.
0: And uh, I, all, I always ask that question because I have a pet peeve about people who say, ask the question, like, what's your favorite movie? Okay, everybody, what's your But no one ever asked the person who asked the question.
3: Well, thank you for giving me <laughs> another opportunity. <laughs> which people should watch after they've seen all 10 episodes of Wayne.
0: (laughs) That sound of metal movie on Amazon is also amazing.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's uh, Does anybody have anything else that they would like to promote besides Wayne? Uh, Is anything else going on that people can check out Steven?
2: Uh, You know, I, I, this is going to sound really stupid. I, I can't talk about it, but I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing something for Netflix animation, but I can't talk about it. How about that? Is that sort of a non-plug? Um, I'm, I'm still doing uh, improvisation with my troops. So check out threeforall.com and then here in LA, Impro Theater. Impro theater. We're all trying to stay on our feet because live theater. So any uh, anyone who wants to check that out and feel free to donate and support. Uh, live theater here in L.A.
3: Awesome.
1: Mike? Uh, I am uh, currently uh, getting ready for Snowpiercer Season 2, which stars Jennifer Connelly and Sean Bean and David Diggs. I shot two seasons of that with a fantastic cast, and uh, I had a great time working on the show, great cast. Uh, Season 2, I think, premieres. January twenty fifth, and uh, I'm show running a show for uh, stars uh, called Heels, which is uh, a story about a independent wrestling promotion in southwestern Georgia. And um, I, I've written myself, or or I've cast myself in a part that uh, was already written uh, in that show. I get a small part in that, but I'm I'm running that show, and it stars Stephen A. Mel alexander Ludwig, mary mccormack chris bauer and just some great actors all through the cast it's just uh it's a it's been a really fun show that's an hour-long drama for stars that we hope will launch sometime in the summer of 2021
3: but you are available to continue to uh, appear on wayne when that goes into back 100%. into 100 percent. we stop uh we we will be
1: done with uh, hopefully Snowpiercer is actually Snowpiercer is coming back for a season three, but I am uh, you know I I text Sean every other day. What is this thing going? <laughs> I I love the part of Tommy Cole. I love this cast. I love the show. But you know most importantly as an actor, you're you're just you're looking for writers that you can just uh, just you just love their mind and love their sense of humor and love what they want to write about and the style and you know. Um, everything about Wayne is it, it all came together. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'll move heaven and earth to do that again.
3: And they shot two seasons of, of snow out of the gate. I didn't, I never heard that, that it was a uh, guaranteed two seasons.
1: Yeah. Well, it was the first season. And then I think as a result of, of the work and I, and I think that it's also, you know, it's very, very expensive to build all those sets. And, uh, the first season, um, had sold internationally and is doing it's internationally it's on Netflix. And um you know, there's this I think that, you know, for certain uh shows that are in this genre, there's a built-in audience of people where, you know, obviously the IP was or, you know, was in and the fact that it was based on a an awesome movie had people interested in it. It's obviously you're gonna take those hits. Uh, you know, and then after he uh you know the one that won the oscar they're like oh wow this is you know people are going to be more interested and people started watching snow pierce in the movie even more and so but but you know graham manson who is the uh showrunner on that show who he created orphan black he's just also he's just a great writer great showrunner and i think they they really had belief in his vision
3: and uh, managed to stick around, unlike uh, another network that just couldn't even uh, continue to exist just to keep Wayne going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep telling myself, like, ah, oh, shit, man, dude, I don't want to be canceled twice. Like as much as like there were no expectations going into amazon i was uh now that we're starting to feel some positive stuff going on i'm like god i could also be canceled twice for the same season of television (laughs) which is really (laughs) fucked up was youtube uh youtube i feel like they
3: were pretty hands-off though with you and that that season that you did with them
0: yeah i mean there's no i mean i steven's speech at the in 10 that really long speech yeah. was Stephen was that five pages at one point?
2: It was something really crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We went to a table read and he read a five page speech and I just sat there going, are they going to stop me? Like, when's the network going to come? I'm going go, this, this can't be like, I, you know, my big Western speech that the guy gives before all the shit goes down, you know, for a half hour comedy, it's fucking insane. So But they never said it and it's just an example of the way they treated me and they treated the show from the get which they loved it from the get they knew it was different and they let me make the show that i wanted to make and all of us make the show i wanted. they wanted to make and you know it never we got we would get three notes and a compliment on every script, I felt like they had a notepad that only had three lines on it. <laughs> because, it, it because it was just like, okay, right, I only have this room to fill up. Because it, I started laughing towards the end. I'm like, that's three notes in a. So they didn't notice the death at all. And they're really, I mean, that's kind of the benefit of being kind of a virgin network who, you know, unlike others who develop you to hell, you know.
3: Yeah. Or and make uh, a weird yeah, show. Whatever happens next, the re- result is uh, you should all be very proud of uh, of that uh, uh, that that one season. And uh, I, you know, I'm going to watch it again. I it's it's just so oh, good. Thanks, man. And, uh, I really thank appreciate you all, that. Thank you all for uh, joining me on my uh, my little movie show. And thanks, um,
2: thank you, Doug. Uh,
3: anytime anybody wants to come back to uh, you know promote all these upcoming things, just uh, just holler at me. And I usually end episodes of this show lately by saying the last line, like a classic last line from a movie. But today I'd like to close it with the final words that are spoken in the last episode of Wayne. I don't think it gives anything away, uh, but that's uh, what I'm gonna do. (laughs) Thanks again, guys. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, the fuck you looking at, bitch? Now it's time for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of gold, his viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no room in his heart for you, cause Doug loves movies.